this is Marisa Brown. I'm the Senior Principal Research Lead for Supply Chain Management at APQC. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, I'm here with Anshu Prasad, the CEO and co-founder of Leaf Logistics, to talk about looking ahead to what's in store for supply chains in 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Anshu. Thank you, Marisa. Great to be with you. So we are obviously at a time when supply chains are in the news on a daily basis, right? So we keep hearing about disruptions, delayed orders, port congestion, shortages. Unfortunately, it's not always a very happy story. And supply chains are getting blamed for all kinds of things like ruining people's holiday gift plans. I know that supply chains are working and they are effective, but obviously people are beginning to wonder are our supply chains at capacity, or is this just a temporary logjam that was caused or exacerbated by the pandemic? So I'm happy to have you on this podcast to provide some clarity on these concerns as we turn the corner and look forward to 2022. So first, let's, let's just start, if you don't mind, by sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey with supply chain and transportation. Sure, happy to. So... I think like maybe a lot of us, I landed in the supply chain world. Um, so uh, early on in my career, I worked um, to, to build a technology company. And one of the technology uh, products that found most uh, resonance with our customers was helping them to manage their transportation budgets. So they would conduct RFPs using our software with you know, annual negotiations that they would conduct with their carriers and brokers. So for a number of years, I helped some of these large shippers um, conduct their annual transportation bids. Um, fast forward a few years later, um, I worked in consulting, building out a practice that looked at the data and the technology to do that for even larger companies, but also to work with carriers and, and brokers in this industry deal with RFPs. So for a while before st um, starting uh, the company that I'm uh, leading now, Leaf, uh, I'd been kind of working in the supply chain and technology space and trying to build just slightly better tools that would help people just get through the day. This is a tough job on either the buy or the sell side. So um, I've had a, a fair bit of experience just trying to work through those sort of persistent problems even before we get to these, you know, these uh, pandemic days. Oh, very interesting. So why don't we start with trucking and freight capacity expectations? So you mentioned shippers and carriers. How can they work through the challenges that they're facing right now? You know, so I think some of these challenges that are being experienced and are making the front page news and so many of our newspapers these days are caused by sort of fundamental root causes that have been persistent for a while. So shippers and carriers have been struggling with finding efficient ways to find capacity or to keep their trucks loaded and their drivers paid. That's not something that's new in the pandemic. That's been a problem and a persistent one for a number of years. Um, you know, right now, I think folks are frankly just trying to muscle their way through. Shippers are, you know, it's all hands on deck, a customer I talked to recently, and they're planning on working every single day, including the weekends, all the way up till Christmas. And you know, if there's someone picking up the phone or firing off emails at a shipper, there's someone responding to those at a carrier or a broker. So right now, unfortunately, for the short term, I think it is all hands on deck. The underlying issues, though, really aren't being addressed by working the problem harder. 
So um, what we are most excited about is seeing some companies step back, even in these critical and difficult times, to think about what will they do differently come the new year? What will they do differently come a couple of quarters from now to allow them to um, manage their, their transportation needs a little more efficiently and fill more empty miles? I like what you did there with the all hands on deck, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> So besides capacity, what are some of the major challenges and opportunities that you see facing shippers and carriers? So, you know, it's tied to capacity, but drivers are, you know, I think everyone would recognize at this point, incredibly important. I think in the first few months of the pandemic, you know, we all started rightfully concerning ourselves with these essential workers that, you know, out there driving trucks and delivering goods. But I think even in the few months since, maybe we've lost a little of that memory of how important these drivers are. And we talk a lot about driver shortages in this industry, but even something like making the driver's experience getting into and out of a facility more efficient so they have more hours left on their clock could unlock so much what's today hidden capacity. Um, so capacity... Yes, there's the physical assets. There's also snagging our drivers at our warehouses, you know, for three, four, five hours. That dwell time just takes, you know, miles that they could be spending driving cargo on the roads out of the equation. Um, another area is just, you know, if you don't have an outbound load coordinated with an inbound load, that driver is spending not just hours trying to find that next shipment, but also empty miles that are being driven in deadhead to get to that next location. So this is the sort of inefficiency where we can't really connect the dots between shipments in our industry very effectively. Those two areas, um, I think, just exacerbate the capacity problem. There is hidden capacity in our view. It just isn't very easy to access today, given how fragmented and load by load everyone operates. Very interesting, very interesting. So when you mention shortening the dwell time, it reminds me of the story of the airlines that benchmarked with the Indianapolis 500 pit crew to see how those race crews were able to get those cars in and out faster to, to minimize that time. Well, so one of the ways out of this mess to tap some of that hidden capacity that you mentioned is through greater visibility and via automation. Can you kind of talk us through and discuss where you see a variety of technologies heading in the new year and beyond? Absolutely. So that's been actually a really fascinating uh, set of developments in our industry over the last few years. It's really hard to pat ourselves on the back right now, given all the challenges we're all experiencing. <laughs> but there have been so much more data made available to us. Um, so, you know, look, right now, if you're waiting on that holiday present and you don't know where it's arriving as customers we are at this point expecting to be able to track that package almost in real time but in transportation more broadly that's not necessarily the case our visibility solutions while those data are so much more available than they used to be they still don't give us a full comprehensive picture and they also don't necessarily let us know what we can do about the fact that a truck is going to be three or four hours late so um, what I'm excited about is now this, um, this um, collection of these types of visibility data, the device data, and people starting to build new use cases to say, how can I have more resiliency around my supply chain to understand that if a certain link in the chain, it's, it's called a chain for a reason, right? If there's a certain link in the chain where I've got a risk, 
what are different ways in which I can work around that particular constraint and start to look at those interconnected pieces and kind of manage the supply chain much more proactively. I mean, it's all well and good to call the driver is going to be three and a half hours late and just yell at them to go faster. There's not much value that you get from that. And by the way, the driver's already, you know, working very hard to try to make his delivery because he's got something else he wants to do with his with his time and his and his truck right afterwards. Very, very interesting. So in light of all that, what would you tell us if you kind of reflected back on your experience with what's happening in supply chain and what you've seen over the years, what would you say is your favorite supply chain success story? You know, my favorite story is even in the teeth of the pandemic, um, you know, seeing the value of something predictable and reliable for both the driver and for the shippers. Um, and and the, the reason why that one sticks out to me is while everything is sort of up in the air and everyone's kind of scrambling around, we've seen a, you know, a, a company that is very sophisticated, very thoughtful about all the different tools and technologies that they've deployed before. But now by seeing more of their network and a broader transportation network beyond their four walls, they were able to piece together what today would be done as three individual shipments into one continuous circuit. And now the driver for the last 10 months has been running this continuous circuit with one truck in a single day. So every single day he's going to facility one, facility two, facility three, and running a continuous circuit and finding a reliable, repeatable pattern that he can bank on, frankly, day after day. Not only is that really good from a quality of life standpoint for this driver, his name's Gary, he sleeps in his bed every night. Um, you know, it's a very um, you know, consistent piece of work that is good for Gary. It's good for his trucking company. Their margins have gone up, but it's significantly more reliable for the shippers because the freight is operating on a schedule. And every single, I mean, the facilities at this point know Gary and Gary is, um, you know, familiar with getting in and out of each of those, they're going to dwell in those concerns or Gary's going to be typically here around 10 o'clock. Let's, those types of things on a human level just work better. And it's just a set of worries, set of check-ins and data, this and that, and an email flying off to just wonder, hey, is, you know, the truck going to be here on time? Those have dissipated a lot. So reliability isn't just helping Gary and the trucking company drive higher margins and, you know, have a better sort of driver experience. It's helping the shippers, you know, who've tried every trick in the book. In the middle of the pandemic, they're having a hard time finding capacity in the rest of their supply chain. This circuit is working like clockwork. That's my favorite story. I think that there are so many more circuits like that in, in transportation that could be run. Not only is that good for the buyer and the seller, for all of us who you know, indirectly pay for all the empty miles to transportation as an industry uh, runs, reducing those empty miles is a big thing. And we should all work towards taking some of that waste and that pain out of, out of our industry's operation. I don't think you'll get any objections to removing waste and pain from our supply chains. Well, I really appreciate your sharing your thoughts and your insights. Do you have any last words that you'd want to share with our listeners as they look forward to 2022? Well, so a little bit of maybe good news and bad news. I think the bad news is, unfortunately, I think for the foreseeable short term, we still have a lot of constraints and challenges to work through. So unfortunately, as we turn the, the corner into the new year, 
transportation and supply chain is still probably going to feel very challenging for maybe in the next couple of quarters. But the good news, I think, is what you alluded to before, Marisa, there's lots of data, lots of really smart people working very hard in this industry to try, try to find different ways to, um, to just work better together. That sort of coordination and collaboration that can be engendered with these data, I think there's going to be some really interesting innovations coming down the pike here. Um, and it'll be pretty it'll be pretty good to see how that then starts to affect the lives of not just the drivers, but all the, the folks that work transportation on a day in and day out basis. Well, thank you so much for ending on a positive note there, Anshu. I really appreciate it. So once again, I'm Marisa Brown, and thank you for listening to this APQC podcast. To learn more about our research, please visit apqc.org, and we hope you'll have a great rest of your day. Music.